You're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Uh, yeah, we made it to Friday. Yes, we did. Welcome in TriStar Sports Live. It is presented by Parks Motor Sales. JP Plant alongside Wesley Duncan as the weekend mm-hmm. approaches. Mr. Duncan, how are you on this Friday evening? In uh, We're now officially in mid-December. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It Mid-December. Is, it is. Thank you. You hate to use that expression, TGIF. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ooh, always. It's been a week, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw, uh, I don't know who it was, uh, covering the Vandy beat. It may have been Chris Lee of VandySports.com, but, uh, I think it was last week after the Sarah Fuller and the Mason, uh, dismissal as head football coach. He said, man, it's been quite the decade on the, um, Vandy beat this week. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, um, Hey, uh, so glad to be here on, uh, on this Friday. Glad to be here. Uh, glad to be healthy. And uh, able to do Amen. this, Wes. You know, and I and I think uh, we all should every day be happy uh, about that for sure. Coming up on the program. Speaking of Vandy, earlier today, I had the uh, the honor to sit in with uh, Tennessee Sports Writer Association Hall of Famer Maurice Patton on uh, his show, along with Chris Yao of um, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. I sat in. Chris is uh, on assignment. And uh, today we spoke with uh, Bruno Reagan. That's a football player's name, though, right? Bruno Reagan, who played at Vanderbilt and also contributes to VandySports.com, got his take on the Vandy UT game coming up tomorrow, 3 o'clock, on the SEC Network. So uh, we chatted with him about that, so we'll hear from that also. Um, A little Titans conversation coming up, the SEC. Uh, We will take another gander at the schedule to see if any other games have been canceled since we last spoke uh, because it is a minute-by-minute proposition as we move forward throughout the 2020 football season. And, oh, by the way, uh, Wes, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, the NBA has preseason basketball starting tonight. Well, (laughs) we're going to pass talking on the NBA. Are you DVRing that tonight? The Lakers and the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, do you want me to break, give you some breaking news here? Of course, Wes. What a show without breaking news me from breaking Wes Duncan news. would not be a show. So what do you got for us? Okay, well, this is a breaking news, and I don't know if Mo and Chris had mentioned this today, um, but I think it just happened today. But uh, Matt Daniels, who was a coach at Ravenwood High School, resigned. Uh, and Will Hester, who led the Ravenwood football program to a state championship in 2015, who left Ravenwood and went to Florence and was the head coach at Florence High School, has decided to come back to Ravenwood and accept the head coaching job today. Wow. Well, there you go. Which is big news because uh, I know Will Hester personally. He's a great football coach. and, you know, he talked about what the deciding factor. You know, he, he loves Ravenwood. He helped build that program up. And his parents live right across the street. So that's that's huge news. 
for the Williamson County District, they better they better tighten up because a good football coach is coming back to Middle Tennessee. Yeah, um, you know, you can come back home again. I don't know if he's from the area, but uh, no, he is. He's, yeah? a, he, okay. he's a Brentwood graduate. Oh, he graduated go. from Brentwood High School. And his parents, you know, before they built Ravenwood, his parent he said his parents lived right across the street. Um, matter of fact, the, the article that they interviewed him today, he said, you know, I've hunted rabbits <laughs> in that field where the football field is. So there you go. So right, well, I just thought I'd share that one, being the high school beat and stuff. So that's a that's a big time program, certainly uh, football, and uh, you know that uh, that region next year. I think I think it'll be a seven. 6A, mm-hmm. uh, it'll change a little bit, but some of the course will be joining in Dixon County. will will be moving out, so we'll be uh, an all Williamson County uh, region. And I, I don't think, I mean, you can anybody can argue anything, but um, arguably the toughest region in all of Tennessee, certainly in Class 6A, which is the highest classification. Um, so therefore, you could make the assumption that that would be the toughest region in all of the state of Tennessee with uh, some great football teams, Independence, Brentwood, Ravenwood, uh, Centennial, Franklin. Now Summit joins the party. So uh, that's going to be a fun region to follow next year uh, in high school football for sure. Absolutely. You know, that that's uh, other than the Murfreesboro of the Rutherford County District, that's probably their second best league in, uh, you know, for football probably in the state, the mid-state. Yeah, without question. Um, without. So uh, that that's uh, that's good news. There, see, I know you always come through some breaking news of some fashion. Breaking, it's you know what breaking is a relative term, but to us, it's breaking, and that's what we love about it. So, absolutely, uh, bre- breaking you know, news too. is uh, new new news. It's the West Duncan news beat. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it. I've got word to, on the street. Yeah, well, yeah. The 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 word on the street, according to West. I'm gonna have to get some uh, some intro music for your little uh, news hits. On, uh, I'm going to have to do the Robin Williams. You remember that? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right. So that is to come uh, for sure. We look forward to that. Uh, we got several high school fo- uh, basketball games uh, going on tonight. Uh, you can go check out uh, what's on tap at sm-tnsports.com and uh, find out uh, where those uh, are happening. And uh, so uh, it's a great place to keep up with uh, with everything, of course, uh, in high school sports, sm-tnsports.com, and weekdays 9 to 11 uh, for Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Um, and I'm looking, let's see, okay, hey, yeah, actually, I believe I have a schedule. That's what I was looking for, Wes. Um all right, so tonight uh, we have uh, Columbia Academy at Zion Christian. That is, a, um, I believe, a boys' game only. Kolioka at Fayetteville tonight. Eagleville at Summertown. Hampshire is at Perry County. Independence at Centennial. Uh, Mount Pleasant at Cornersville. Ravenwood Boys at Spring Hill. Summit Girls at Brentwood. But that has been... Um, I believe canceled as of this afternoon, the summer girls at Brentwood. That was just a girls event this evening. And, uh, as the boys contest was uh, postponed earlier this week, uh, the girls has been postponed as well. Looking ahead to Saturday. This is what's scheduled. 
again. It right. could change any moment. Tentative. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Christ Presbyterian Academy will head south uh, to the Dimple of the Universe and take on Columbia Academy. That could be a fun game over at uh, the Fieldhouse at uh, Columbia Academy. Zion Christian at Grace Christian as well. I uh, got some wrestling going on. By the way, uh, Wes, I don't know if you heard the show earlier today with uh, with Mo. We talked about both kinds of wrestling, both wrestling and wrestling. No, I I, I can't believe if, if y'all talked about wrestling, yep. the real wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, that y'all didn't call me for my expertise on that, you know, but that'd be a wrestling. Well, it's, that'd be wrestling. yeah, it was, uh, the reason we talked about it is because, um, tiny Lister, you mm-hmm. know, tiny Lister Debo from Friday. Debo. Yeah. That's my grandmama's chain. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he passed away, unfortunately. So, and he, he also played Zeus in exactly. no, no Holds Bar. Uh-huh. And that's where the, the wrestling, wrestling came into play. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, He also played in, he played a great role in the Batman movie as the criminal that was on the boat that wouldn't. Uh, oh, really? Wouldn't turn the detonator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but his, yeah, his character in Friday and next Friday were, were oh, fantastic. Uh, those are classic for sure and 62 years old you know fairly yeah i know yep you know so uh hey that's that ties into what you said you know we better be thankful for every day we have here on on this earth and make the most of it amen amen brother speaking of wrestling um we have a couple of uh meets on uh saturday got spring hill green hill good pasture Rockville, West Creek, Siegel, Pope John Paul II, all at Independence Duels on Saturday. So, um, so we got some some wrestling happening on Saturday uh, to take note. Uh, so there you go. So that's kind of a quick roundup of what's happening in the world of high school sports. Uh, when we come back, uh, Wes and I will continue our conversation and uh, dip into a little college football, a little NFL coming up later. You'll hear uh, our interview from earlier today with Bruno Reagan, former Vandy uh, football player, and uh, we'll talk to him about uh, potential coaches for Vandy, something we have talked about uh, quite a bit uh, here on the show. So uh, we'll get into that coming up. TriStar Sports Live, it is presented by Parks Motor Sales. J.P. and West with you. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, We'll be with you until 6 o'clock. Stay with us. Indeed, he is. Welcome back to TSL, presented by Parks Motor Sales. JP playing alongside Wes Duncan on this Friday evening, December the 11th. Um, Man, that's hard to believe. I know. I know. (laughs) If I I hadn't prepped these Christmas songs, I wouldn't believe it myself. (laughs) I mean, it's just, I mean, here we are thinking about it, you know. Yep. Uh, We were 
seems like just March when first COVID hit, everything went crazy, and then here we are, December the 11th. There you go. All right, um, little college football, NFL. Uh, where do you want to go? Is it the the Vandy job? We, we of course we'll hear from uh, Bruno Reagan, and uh, he kind of pared it down to to two guys. He said it's basically a two horse race. So stay tuned for that. But uh, you want to go there? Of course, they play Tennessee tomorrow. You want to talk a little Titans uh, as they let's try to talk bounce back? Titans for a okay, let's go for talk, it. Let's talk. Let's talk Titans for a minute, because uh, you know. A lot of people may disagree with me on this move, but I have been on the web real quick, blowing up Mike Vrabel's phone <laughs> and the Titans' Twitter. And any luck? Account. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, I'm getting a bunch of likes. Oh, really? The fact that, yeah, if you look on Twitter, I posted at the Titans, please go get, and I put a picture of Matt Patricia, uh, you know, and I've got a bunch of likes already. I mean, you and I kind of touched a little bit about this yesterday, but, you know, the Titans do not have – nobody has the title and nobody really – you know, it's a collective uh, group that are, you know, coming up with a defensive game plan. But obviously, um, if you look at the weakness of the Titans right now, it's our defense. Um, And we got to get that fixed. If we really want to be considered as a Super Bowl contender, um, you gotta you gotta have a good defense. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing that that scares me. I really I do like this team, and they have proven, at least to me, in my in my opinion, that they can show up in big games. Uh, they did so last year in the playoffs. I think they've done so for the most part this year, uh, this past Sunday notwithstanding. But there, you, you can't deny the holes if you will, on that defensive side that have plagued them. And when they when those holes open up, they're, they're gaping holes. They're huge mistakes. And those are hard to come back, come back from. And so that's what worries me as a fan about the Titans. The offense is there. Um, I, I think they're, they're solid. And, you know, if, if they can get up early – then they're typically in good shape, but man, they've got to get. And they played a couple of good games defensively recently, but uh, Sat uh, Sunday against the Browns just kind of went back into that mold of uh, that they just looked lost out there in some cases. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing: the Browns have gotten better. Obviously, you can see that they've got a running game, but it goes to show you in the NFL. If you have a weakness, it's going to get exposed, oh, and yeah. it's going to get exposed quick. Um, you can't – I mean, it just took a matter of time. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, there's a reason why he won the Heisman. He can throw the football. Oh, uh, so you do get, acknowledge that he is a very good football player. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, whether you like him personally or not. But here's you were, the thing. You were dogging him, pun intended, by the way. You were yeah. dogging him. Uh, yesterday. Well, just because he's from the Browns, and we should never lose to the Browns because the Browns are, have been in the past the NFL punching bag. Uh, yes, but for a long time. Right actually. now, right now, I mean, it's a it's a Titans defense. I mean, I said this jokingly, but I, you know, I mean, Helen Keller could throw for three hundred yards against us, um, and and that, and that's disturbing because. These guys are professionals, 
And you can't tell me that we can't go out and find some better people. I didn't get to mention this because we got cut short on time yesterday, but think about this. What's a, what's the real story with Adoree Jackson? Because he's been cleared to play for three weeks now, and yet he has yet to step on the field at all this season. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, and I have no idea. I have not heard a whole lot. I haven't gone fishing for information on that, mm-hmm. but uh, that's a valid question. You know, it's such a crazy year, 2020. Every, mm-hmm. you know, every team has, whether it be injuries or opt-outs of COVID or, or wh- whatever the case may be, it's such a strange, such a strange year. So you kind of just roll with what, what you got and, and who shows up. And, uh, and yeah. then, you know, next year, hopefully we'll get back to some sense of normalcy. But that's a good question. Uh, he, you can tell he's missed. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, think about it. I mean, now, you know, he's a, he's a good return, man, but I think we've done a good job with the uh, Baston, I think it's his last name, uh, the little receiver that <clears throat> that played at Oklahoma. He was Baker Mayfield's roommate. Um, he, he's a good return guy for us. Him and the other guy, the little number 14, I can't – his name – I see him right now on TV, JP. We're talking about the Titans. Yeah. I don't know. What is his? I don't know. You got me. Let me. Let me both, see if I can both do Both the guys deal. are little. They're little, little slot receivers. Sometimes <laughs> made some big catches in the beginning of the year, and he's just went and disappeared. You, I haven't seen him in the last two games. Uh, you know, so there's some holes, but I mean, you know, Adoree Jackson is really missed at corner. I mean, he really is. I mean, he, he can cover the deep threat guys. Uh, obviously, who they've got in there right now, uh, it's not looking. It's just not good. I mean, we picked up King, and he's he's been good for us. Um, but, you know, most teams are putting three and four wide receivers out and exposing us because Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, he's doing his thing. Uh, but – they're getting the ball out so quick now that he's become, you know, with the loss of Clowney and the big letdown of Vic Beasley, um, you know, it's hard to get pressure. By, by the Very way, uh, those two guys you were uh, referring to, number 13, Cameron Batson. Batson, yep. yes. And number 14, Khalif Raymond. Yes, yeah, both, Raymond. Both are listed 5'8", Batson 5'8", 175, Khalif Raymond 5'8", 182. Um, I think I hit those numbers my junior year in high school, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and and as, as, as a wise man once said, though, they're as fast as, I mean, in his words, they can poop on lightning. That's how fast they are. They they can fly. Those where, two guys can. Where where are you from, Wes? Oh, the big metropolis of Homewall, Tennessee. There you go. I just okay. They they ought to be awfully proud of you. Um, well, they should. They should they be. Should. They should be. Absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. Now, looking at the schedule, though, um, it's manageable, right? It's manageable for the the final four games. Um, of of the season, and you got to feel good about that, right? I mean, they you got the Jaguars who are one and eleven down in Jacksonville. Um, that's uh, coming up this Sunday, so uh, you got to feel good about it, right? 
Well, I'm going to give you my honest opinion, JP. Okay. Because I know that's what you're going to hear anyways. Well, sure. But I think we're finishing 10 and 6. Okay. Yeah, I think we I think we won more game. Read read the rest of the schedule. I'm, I'm pull yep, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. All right, here we go. At Jacksonville at the Jags Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's a noon kickoff on CBS. Then um December 19th or 20th that'll be against the Lions. Uh, of course, uh, the time is to be determined. That is home at Nissan Stadium, and then they finish off the season at the Green Bay Packers on NBC, a Sunday night game. And then uh, that's the 27th, and then Sunday, January the 3rd, round out the season at the Houston Texans down in Houston. Uh, That is a noon kickoff on CBS. So at Jacksonville, home versus Detroit, at Green Bay, and at Houston. Well. You know we're not beating Green Bay. Uh, we, I don't know. We never play. We never play good at Houston. We don't. Uh, yeah, the Titans are eight and four right now. So you say they go two and two in those final four. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I, right now Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. Uh, they're they're playing at a high level. Uh, Houston playing, you know, down there. We just struggle down there for some reason. I don't know if it's because they think Houston's their big brother or what, but, you know, in Jacksonville, yeah. Jacksonville, I mean, you know, as, you know, Derrick Henry alluded this week, hey, Jacksonville is going to, they're going to strike you. Yep. Um, at Jacksonville, you just don't know which team is going to show up for them. They could look like world beaters one minute and look like Ned in the third grader the next. That's right. Uh, Conversely, the Indianapolis Colts, who really is who the Titans need to pay attention to in terms Mm -hmm. of the record because that could put you anywhere from fourth to all the way out of the playoffs, depending on what you do. Here are the Colts, their remaining schedule this uh, Sunday. They're going to be at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, That's no cup cup of tea. No. Uh, the following weekend, either the 19th or the 20th, they'll be back home at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis to take on the Texans. Then they travel to Pittsburgh on the 27th to take on the Steelers, the 11-1 and Steelers. And then they return home against Jacksonville on January the 3rd. So at Las Vegas, home versus Houston, at Pittsburgh, home versus Jacksonville. 2-2 um, two and two is reasonable. Uh, potentially one and three. They barely escaped the Texans uh, last week, and um, they they'll get them at home. But we saw what they did uh, against the Titans in the back end of a two games in three weeks. The Titans won handily in the second meeting. Uh, might the Houston Texans do the same? So um, that's no cupcake either. No, no, it's not. And and again, you never know which Indianapolis team's going to show up. If Philip Rivers has got the hot hand, you better watch out. Yep. All right, um, we got about three minutes left before we uh, take a break and get to our interview. Um, anything in college football you want to uh, hit on before we uh, take a break? Uh, well, yeah, but can I say something real quick? Sure. I, you know, and I, 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 this has been heavy on my heart. Uh, with you know, with my wife being in the profession, 
but I want to say a big, big thank you to the Metro Police Department for, uh, I don't know if you heard, but they made an arrest today uh, of a gentleman that murdered that nurse on 440 this week, this past week. Yep. Uh, and and that was, that's huge. I mean, they, you know, this young lady, I don't know, they don't want to say what for, re- for what reason, but obviously she was, you know, minding her own business. And, you know, I always worries worries you, but kudos to them and a big thank you to the Metro Police Department for solving that case. Absolutely, yep. Um, a little justice in this crazy yeah. world. Uh, it's always good to uh, to get that. Um, all right, r- uh, real quick, what are you looking forward to most in college football this, this Saturday? Well, tomorrow. you know, Obviously, you know, everybody's going to see how bad Alabama's going to beat Arkansas, <laughs> for sure. You know, even though Arkansas, I think Arkansas rallies and plays a good game. Just because, I mean, real quick, JP, think about this. We said here, <laughs> when you when you released the on-air, I'll never forget it, I was in the studio with you, and you read the SEC schedule, and we all was like, if Sam Pittman makes it through the year, we'll be surprised. Yep. Because their their schedule has been atrocious. But yet, guess what? He has done an outstanding job uh, at at Arkansas to get those kids to play for him. So I, I look forward to be a little bit closer than what people think. You know, I'm 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 in that uh, frame of mind too. I, I definitely think so. That game, by the way, you can hear. Uh, coverage of the Crimson Tide Radio Network right here on WKOM beginning at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Kickoff at 11 at Arkansas. Uh, Georgia at Missouri at 11 o'clock on the SEC Network. Tennessee at Vandy, 3 o'clock uh, on the SEC Network. You can hear coverage of the Vol Network on WKRM beginning at 1.30. And then LSU at Florida on ESPN at 6. And then at 6.30, Auburn at Mississippi State on the SEC Network. Ole Miss and Texas A&M has been postponed due to COVID-19 complications. As hey, always, JP, yep, quick. Uh-huh. what you got? You're 15 right seconds. On the break. 15 seconds. LSU players, do they show up? Because I heard 20 it's of them are question. about to opt out. Mm, it's a good question. L- literally, show up is your question. Yep. yep. All yep. right. Wes, always appreciate it, buddy. Have a great weekend. Coming up next you is uh, our interview earlier today with Bruno Reagan on TSL, presented by Parks Motor Sales. Stay Cheers to all of you out there tuning in. TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. JP, uh, here with you. A final segment of the program on this Friday evening. So glad you are with us. A uh, little breaking news that just came across, and I'm sure there'll be more details uh, certainly Monday morning. 
three dudes in a view. They'll have a view about this one for sure. But um, CNN reporting Supreme Court rejects Texas uh, and Trump's bid to overturn the election. Uh, they reject the bid from the Texas Attorney General supported by President Donald Trump to block the ballots of millions of voters in battleground states that went in favor of President-elect Joe Biden. So, again, uh, that story uh, just breaking uh, during the commercial break, actually. So, uh, again, uh, more details about that uh, over the weekend. And certainly, Monday morning, tune in, 8 o'clock, uh, Three Dudes with a View. <laughs> it lives up to that, I promise you. I promise you it does. All right, to earlier today, uh, yours truly and Tennessee sports writer, Hall of Famer, Association Hall of Famer, Maurice Patton, uh, and and myself had a chance to catch up with Bruno Reagan, contributor to VandySports.com, a former Vandy player as well. It's UT Week, they call it, on West End, and uh, we got his take on the matchup between Tennessee and Vandy and much more from earlier today. From a matchup perspective, it doesn't – They're both, obviously they're both the cleanest teams and they both have their own issues. I think I think Tennessee has the edge from a matchup standpoint because where Tennessee's deficient at is basically their pass game. I mean, they've had the quarterbacks drawn out, but they have an extremely efficient run game. I was watching the Florida game just last week, and I was like, wow, these guys can run the football. And if there's any way they're going to win, it's doing that. Now Vanderbilt has – had notorious issues not just this season but for the past two to three seasons stopping the run and now Vanderbilt's down to about 45 scholarship players and I mean most of them are their big bodied guys so we're gonna have we're gonna have DB type bodies playing in the linebacker positions we're gonna have some linebacker types playing on the edges in the line so we're gonna match up pretty pretty badly in the offense and defensive side now Vanderbilt's offense with Ken Seals they've been rolling all season they took a little regression against Missouri but before that game, they were building and building and building, and obviously Tennessee's defense has been, you know, subpar. But I think Tennessee has a little bit of an edge just with the matchup on their their offense versus our defense. You know, um, again, with the coaching change, with Derek Mason having been dismissed, with Todd Fitch, the offensive coordinator, being installed as the interim coach, do you um, – do you feel like maybe that offense takes another step forward here this week, or you know, do you have any kind of feel for that? Um, I feel like they're going to pick back up where they were in terms of progression. I think we're going to see more efficient in third down. Oh, pen- they've, they've been a little pen- penalty, like they've been penalty happy in their past few games. If they cut that out, keep turnovers down to minimum, that's going to be a huge thing for this game too. Whoever wins the turnover battle, because Vanderbilt can score. They didn't against Missouri, but – they, they have the opportunity. They've played a lot of teams close. I mean, look at their first game against Texas a and If they had that offense, they might have won. But throughout the whole season, they've been building, building, building. And then they've had a few drops here and there. They're going to look back to it. I don't think the immediate coaching change for Fitch going into interim, I don't think that's going to introduce a crazy step. They're just going to keep doing what they try to do. They've been trying to build things on the edge. They've been more successful. They've been trying to build into the screen game, which hasn't been too successful, but it's still something kind of has a team for. So, they're just going to pick up right where they left off. Uh, Bruno, this is JP Plant. Thanks for taking time with us. Um, on on Saturday afternoon, if I were to put on my Vandy hat, and I probably will um, mm-hmm. as a fan, but what I'm interested in, I think the most, is to see if the effort is there uh, from this uh, Vandy football squad uh, because it's really 
kind of personal pride at this point. You mentioned the depletion of uh, the roster or the number of roster scholarship players that they have available and some of those matchup issues. But this essentially is just going to be a pride game for the Vandy players. And if you can't get uh, your your personal pride up enough to compete against uh, probably the biggest rivalry in Tennessee, then uh, they probably don't need to be out there. What's your take on how you maybe see that happening? Yeah, so I mean, I've watched I've watched most of the games this season. You know, I was watching some earlier, but when I started contributing with rivals, I was taking it more in depth. And effort hasn't been a problem with these guys at Vanderbilt at all. Maybe here and there, and then you see that sort of trending with the opt outs. But for example, like like I mean, guys like Dial, they were who did opt out, but he has an NFL future. They were guys that were giving effort one hundred percent of the time they're out on the field. And the guys that are going to be out there, I mean, if you're playing. In a, on a team with 45 people and you're one of the 45 still there, that's basically half a roster. I mean, you love the game of football. And you're going to go out there and you're going to compete. And it always means more with Tennessee. And I still know some of these guys personally, and I know how much this game means to them. It's also their senior night. You know, it's been a tough season. COVID has made it basically one of the – college football is basically a prison to be in right now, and you got to grind through it. These guys are going to try – put a stamp on something in this season, you know, try and get something positive out of it. I think we're going to, we're going to have no issues on the effort part from Vanderbilt's side. Coach Pruitt said it best. When you play Vanderbilt, you're going to get their best out of this rivalry. So, you know, Bruno, you, you mentioned some of these guys you played with. Um, now that you are kind of in a journalism type role, how do you balance what you say and, and, do you feel them, you know, being hesitant to necessarily talk to you or anything like that as far as that goes? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> even even guys who are uh, – and, that, and that's fair. There are guys – and I don't know everybody on that team, right? I'd say there's like five, six, seven who I'm really close friends with still, and they call me for things like advice and stuff, and obviously it's off the record. Is it? <laughs> and and when, I, when I signed up with – when I, you know, agreed with Chris to work on Bandy Rivals um, – you know, we had this. That was this was the first conversation we had. I was like, you know, this is obviously a conflict, and we'll try and avoid it at all costs. And I feel like I did it for the most part. There are some times where you know, it, it is tough because I wanted my first priority is to do right by those guys, right? I mean, they deserve that for for pushing through and trying to make trying to push the Vanderbilt brand right now. I mean, they're the ones that are out there putting in the work. I I need to try and you know help those guys out best I can. But there's also the integrity part of it to where. When it comes down to the reporting, I never take my news from them. I never talk. Most of my stuff comes from outside of that locker room, which, I, which I'm very happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was extremely tough for Coach Mason still to coach there because I have all the most respect for that guy. I mean, I attribute a lot of my personal success to him and the way I carry, the way I carry myself in life. So it is tough, but it was the opportunity I was afforded, and that's part, of, that's part of the business. I'm trying to work with it, and if I can get through a season like this, I mean – I feel like hopefully we'll have more, less conflicting pastures ahead. But it, it definitely was a challenge this season. Yeah. Speaking with former Vanderbilt offensive lineman Bruno Reagan, Reagan, I'm sorry, um, now a contributor with VandySports.com. Bruno, um, it's been a hectic last few weeks, obviously, with um, with the Sarah Fuller situation, with Coach Mason, mm-hmm. um, with – Dio opting out with you know there's been a lot of news to come out of Vanderbilt here over the last little bit one do you feel like the Fuller situation is starting to die down a little bit 
Yeah, I mean, I knew I, the second I heard that it was going to happen, I knew it was going to be a big story. I didn't know it was going to be as big as it was. I knew it was going to be a big story. Um, but that's how these things go. You know, it kind of hits you really hard. But now it's back to, you know, now it's back to the football aspect of it. And it's always been about the football aspect to me. The thing about the Sarah thing was it got a lot of – that's why I was – with the conversation I did have with guys on the team, I was like, listen, all eyes are going to be on you. And they played Missouri that week. They didn't play well. But I was like, all eyes are going to be on you. Like, take this as a take this as the best thing that could happen. Everybody's going to be watching. Go out there and try and put a product on the field that you can be proud of. You know, because the game of football is unrelenting, though, especially in the Southeastern Conference. So, it didn't roll their way. I I know I've been most by Missouri before, and it's a tough schedule. But um, that's the way I told them to look at it, and that's the way I want to. I haven't taken any, like, you know, people like to go one way or another with a story. It's not all black and white, but it's been a crazy – crazy few weeks on the beat i think this is probably going to be the craziest weeks on the beat that i'll ever have and it's my first like it's my first like four weeks on the job so it's been fun i've, I've just taken it in stride and just had fun with it well and and i think that's how you have to take it but like you said it's not always like this and you've you've been around the program long enough to know that and i'm sure that helps but um yeah this is certainly a <laughs> one heck of a breaking in for you i'm sure speaking of the yeah. coaching situation you know um there were a lot of names that that surfaced mm-hmm. early on and i think some of the names that did surface were kind of surprising in that uh, i think there was an overarching why would x be interested in that job but um I think we're finding out that there is some genuine interest from some folks who would make really good coaches in that program. You know, what what are you hearing here of late? Because, again, that seems to be something else that has kind of died down. JP and I were speaking earlier on the show that it's kind of, there's, they've kind of gone to radio silence on this deal. Yeah, so really recently uh, things have really picked up with two candidates. And they were, they were two of the top three that we named out. And that's Clark Lee, who was already interviewed. And now Wheel Hilly, just as of today, is starting to get. I had a, I had a source uh, hit me up, you know, about two to three days ago. And they were like, you know, I think Will's going to get it. But it, I get those. You get, when, you, when you do this thing, you get those call, kind of calls all the time. I've heard so many different names. I've heard, and it's incredible people. But it's just that's how crazy these things can get, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know who's exaggerating, who's not. But I think now that the dust is starting to settle, Clark Lee is obviously a huge interest. I mean, he has all the ties. He he didn't fit the AD's you know direct description, but he he would be a good hire. And from what I, from what I've heard from everybody, you know, they'd be happy to have him as a coach. And Will Healy has made this resurgence. Jamie Chadwell was the third of the top three that we were speculating, and you know things that we were we were pretty certain that he was getting real close to it, but it turns out that was not the case at all. And now we're left with, you know, these two candidates. They also interviewed Jerron Hay, who was, uh, or Jonathan Hay, sorry, who mm-hmm. was my coach at the Battlehawks. And they've also interviewed uh, Lance Leopold at Buffalo, who are two who are two good candidates in their own rights too. But I think when it, the dust settles, we'll see either Clarkley or Will Healy become the head coach. Where is Charles Huff in the mix? Is he in the mix? He is in the mix, but um, I think those, when you get, so from the way I understand the process, so people know, is that these search committees, they bring out, you know, it's not more of a short list, it's not a long list, but it's a medium list. I can assure you he's probably on that medium list. But from there, that's when they start discussing and they start, you know, setting out interviews and stuff. As far as, you know, what I've heard from him on the inside, I don't think he's had really 
connected interest. You know, there might be a conversation here or there, and some people might sell it as an interview, some people might not. I don't think he's been on the beat too long. You know, the longer the switch rolls, the more they go down that list, that could be an option. But as of now, I think they're still on uh, they're still They're not zeroing in necessarily, mm-hmm. but there are people getting more interest than others, and that's important. Bruno Reagan, our guest on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Middle Tennessee Bone & Joint. So you you feel comfortable saying it's down to two. It's a two-horse race now with Clark Lee and Will Healy. Uh, you asked me right when the search started. So the first day the search started, I didn't know who Clark Lee was. I, played <laughs> I didn't either. Guy, right? So, <laughs> And then come three days later, I've done my research. And I'm like, this is the guy. This guy screams Vanderbilt. And I, I was telling everybody, I was like, dude, this is probably this guy's job to lose, right? And then Tadwell starts picking up steam, especially after the BYU game. It was Tadwell mania right now, right? Like <laughs> Mohawks and all. But um, <laughs> but now that that now that that trend has sort of settled, I think uh, I think I you know I'm back to my uh, Lee. Lee is like Lee is like the safe choice, right? He's the safe date. But then you have Will Healy kind of coming up, and that's someone you might want to take a risk on, kind of deal. And those, if I had to put money on it, those, it'd definitely be on those two. Well, he's more of the underdog, I'd say, but he's picked up some steam today. So I like the way you phrase that, that, that Clark is kind of the safe choice. And, and I think that's pretty accurate. I think he's the choice that a lot of people are going to be comfortable with, given his Nashville and Vanderbilt ties, given his current position as defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. I think that's a name that, a number of Vanderbilt fans can can kind of embrace for all those reasons. I think Will Healy, you know, the fact that he's not been uh, connected with a Power 5 program may be a little bit of a drawback for some folks, but he's definitely an offensive mind, and he has definitely done a, a, a stellar job at both places he's been, kind of raising the, um, the visibility and the – performance levels both at Austin P and at Charlotte. So that's um if those are the two horses, it's gonna be a heck of a race. Yeah, and that's what I'm and when I when I talk to people, I mean most people are gonna be happy with one or the other. I think more people are comfortable with Lee. You know, Healy Healy's an easy sell for guys like me and you who have been around the deal and we've seen what he did at Austin P. That's basically mission impossible and he did it, right? <laughs> As so, a Clarksville native, you would know that better than a lot too. So yeah. Absolutely. Both my parents went to Austin P and I remember specifically my dad was like I had my first scholarship offer was to Austin P and my dad was like, You're not going to Austin P <laughs> <laughs> So so I get it and I always I've always been a fan and the fact that he turned that thing around, I mean I'm now I'm basically a forever fan. Then he goes off to Charlotte gets into the first bowl game and they had that video of him crowd surfing without like a shirt on or something. Like I was sold, right? Now obviously they're having a tough season. They're having a tough season this season. I cut nobody any slack, right? I, and I, I was critical of Vanderbilt this season because I mean, you're winless and everyone's dealing with COVID. Everyone has to struggle through it. And I don't want to cut coach Healy some slack and it's going to be tough to sell to people who don't know coach Healy. Like maybe we do. I think it's going to be a tough, tougher sell, but he's an offensive mind head coaching experience. He doesn't have that power five experience, but he's that young, energetic. I think a lot of people want that Franklin-esque type guy again, and he could be that type of guy. Not the same, you know, mm-hmm. but but he has a lot of those traits. And I, I would be happy with him as a hire. I know he was a finalist for Missouri, so he's had the interest in these kind of jobs. 
Bruno, this is JP again, and you know, you talked about those attributes, uh, the charisma that Will Healy possesses, obviously something that Candace Lee, AD at Vanderbilt, has uh, put out there. She actually said that in the press conference when uh, she made the news about Derek Mason. Um, and that offensive mind is there, something she also would uh, prefer if, if pinned down, I think. But Clark Lee, obviously the Vandy guy, but a defensive guy, if he is that guy, what is your take on who he could bring in as an OC? Because I think that um, in order to sell Clark Lee on those types of things that have already been pushed out there, yeah, obviously a safe choice. I think still a good choice and safe may not be a fair word for him. I know what you're, I know what you're saying, but um, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of um, what Vandy may need on the offensive side of the ball, you bring in a defensive guy. His offensive coordinator will be his biggest hire without question. Absolutely. Listen, I think people are. I think you see a lot of people throw out, oh, Vandy should just run the triple option, or we should go to an air raid, or we should go to a spread. I think those air raid spread, that works if you have the elite athletes, right, and you want to kind of dumb down the offense and make things one word, beat people with tempo and athleticism. Uh, that's, that's an option. I don't think that's going to happen at Vanderbilt. I don't think the triple option is necessarily the answer either, but that could be a longer conversation. I, I'm a true believer in the pro style because the pro style can do things like get yourself in advantageous situations. It can you know, it can actually negate the talent gap more than you think because get, if you have a smart quarterback like we had with Kyle Schirmer, he has like four plays he can call off the line. I mean, you can redirect one way or another. Because, listen, I was I, I like to think I was a decent player, but I was not the, as athletic as those guys across from me on the line. I know that for a fact. And that, that, the pro style kind of plays into that, right? And the most important reason why I think the pro he'll, he should bring in a pro style guy is Ken Fields, number one. We have to get, keep that kid here. I mean, that kid is a talented as anybody I've ever seen throw the football, you know, in person, right? I truly believe that. I think he has a lot of mechanical stuff. Now he needs to mature and stuff. That's why this season was good for him. He got to, you know, go out there. You know, we got to see his competitive spirit, see how he reacts under our pressure. It was all good. He got to learn under Kyle. Kyle was there with him, you know, as a volunteer coach at Vanderbilt. So I think you have to play the personnel you have there right now. And what they're doing now is a pro style, and it's working, and it can be a lot better. And that's why I think Clark Lee should go. But the pro style isn't as uh, it's not as sexy as a thing as what people want. So it's it's a different type of sell. But I think I truly think it's a successful way to go at that goal. All right, that was uh, Bruno Reagan earlier today on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. You can hear that show in the podcast. You can hear this podcast as well. Go to TriStarSportsRadio.com and you can listen in. Thanks for tuning in tonight for Wes. I'm JP Plant, reminding you radio still loves you. High school coverage tonight, taking the Friday night off. Summit, girls and boys have been postponed. Columbia is uh, at uh, on the road tonight and will be on the NFHS Network. So no radio for that tonight. So have a safe, enjoyable weekend. Take care of one another. We'll talk to you next week. You're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia.